Welcome to the Scott and Manas podcast. Today we're going to talk about um, certainly one of my favorite topics, which is uh, planning for an academic trip. In the last few years, I've had uh, a wonderful opportunity to travel with you, Manas, on um, some great academic trips, mostly to Italy. Um, as you know from episode three, we were recently in Sarajevo and we hope to be doing some podcasts from places as exotic as Poland, <laughs> Orsog, Krakow to be exact, um, and Auschwitz, uh, Berlin, back to Italy, and also Portugal. And uh, all this is made possible by the fact that um, you have a amazing sort of uh, opportunities to teach kids going uh, and, and learning overseas. And this trip specifically, you are doing the logistics for a much larger trip with uh, women in June of 2019 who are interested in uh, learning more about the Holocaust. Maybe we could give you a little background and we can talk a little bit about what our plans are going to be. Sure. Um, this trip is in partnership with um, Salam Shalom uh, Sisterhood of Jewish and Muslim Women. Um, that's nationwide today in 26 different states. It's an organization that I was I've been involved with for about two to three years. I've presented at their conferences. I'm presenting again in November. It's a wonderful um, organization that brings Jewish and Muslim women together with an annual conference and meetings um, all over the nation in different states, including, of course, New York. Um, as a friend of both the directors and a colleague, I was approached to be the first woman, Muslim woman, to take a group of Jewish and Muslim women to Auschwitz. Um, so, of course, I thought that was a wonderful idea because um, Cheryl Ortizkli and I um, had this discussion where I said, you know, I'm very disappointed that, you know, this the trip to Auschwitz has happened with imams and rabbis and priests and ministers, but never with women and just lay women. And so we decided to do this um, next summer. So that's kind of the background, and my center, the Holocaust Genocide and Interfaith Education Center, will also be partnering with them, and I will be leading them as both an academic and a Muslim woman with experience, both in Europe and, of course, in the United States in the Islamic world. So this is a very exciting project for me. Um, I'm already trying to do the legwork um, before we go to Venice, before I take students to Venice, I'm going to spend the time and energy and money to make sure this trip is something that will be a deepening and involvement of understanding of the Jewish experience as well as the Muslim experience in Europe. Well, it's definitely, I was, I was looking at the logistics of this, there's a, definitely a lot of planes, trains, and automobiles. I mean, uh, Warsaw on its own is a very amazing place, but uh, getting down to Auschwitz is, is uh, take some time. You got to go to Krakow and then another bus down to Auschwitz. And um, 
is a lot of planning involved. I just wanted to go through some of the potential itinerary and maybe you can give me some background of what um, a person going with you in, in, in 2019 or anyone might uh, encounter. Like, um, in terms of the Warsaw po portion, the Poland Museum, do you have an idea what you'd find there? Yeah, P-O-L-I-N. The Poland Museum is quite famous, and it's a museum about Jewish history in Poland. Um, and it shows you exactly who Jews were, how they lived, what they did, their heritage, their tradition. And also talks about, you know, their um, kind of evacuation from places in Poland, from ghettos, especially into liquidation centers like Auschwitz. So it's it's kind of this kind of nugget that I want Jewish and Muslim women to kind of experience because I mean the whole point of the trip is not the death camp. Mm -hmm. um, the point of the trip is to understand how assimilated Jews were, um, what happened in terms of their ghettoization, in open clothes and destruction ghettos, and then the movement towards um, death camps and also in terms of our trip to Berlin um, we're not going to go to Wansay because it's it's another trip, but also being so close to where the Jewish question was now to become the Jewish solution. Right. Um, Warsaw obviously has its own ghetto. Um, did you say that it's the most famous ghetto in Europe? It is. Um, it's the most famous and um, the longest running ghetto. It was a vibrant place between 1941 and 1943. Um, it has a lot of stories that come out of it. It was a community, a vibrant community. It had a renaissance within the ghetto. Um, there was a lot going on there. There was also the Jewish council was involved with it that um, were the liaison between the Nazi party and the Jews inside. There were um, a lot of very interesting things that happened there. But the most important thing that I want people to learn, and this, this is something I try to do in class, is the the Warsaw Uprising um, yeah. was very famous. I mean, Jews were not laying low. They were trying in secret to collect arms. They, were, they had plans to kill Nazi soldiers, and they managed to kill 11 um, in <coughs> in many parts, but 11 specifically in this in this case. But also the idea that there was always this kind of let's get on with life and live while we're here um, was really the motto that I think that is the most courageous thing that Jews were doing at this time. Well, Schindler's factory is also another major um, location for people to visit in Warsaw. Did Schindler's factory, I mean, I'm thinking back to, you know, the, obviously the movie Schindler's List and the Schindler's factory and his activities play a role in the ability to have a, an uprising in, in uh, the ghetto there in Warsaw, do you know? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would think it had some semblance of that because there was this hope uh, when anyone tried to rescue or feed um, people in the ghetto there was this kind of 
optimism mm -hmm. that was there. But the Schindler's, uh, Schindler's uh, factory is important because we also want to show the rescue stories. You know, I mean, the Holocaust is a very complicated uh, history and time. And I think um, part, of the, part of the interest that I have in the Holocaust is how many players are involved on different levels. And Schindler's factory also shows that there were people who were trying very hard to stop um, the next step, which was basically the murder of Jews. You know, from uh, Warsaw, when we go down and do some planning, we'll be taking a train to Krakow, which has its own ghetto and old town, um, and then eventually to Auschwitz. And, you know, of course you take a train, because that's your most expedient route. But I imagine, I, I, I can't, I'm, uh, I'm thinking through it just as a human being, you know, taking a train down to Auschwitz, um, it's going to affect us. Uh, I know we've we've visited Dachau in two thousand seven, and that was impactful. Um, I know Auschwitz is going to affect me. Have you given any thought on, on to how it might affect you? Well, I mean, um, no, I don't know. I mean, I can't really predict how I will feel. Um, all I know is that when I teach the Holocaust, I can tell that even my students the other day just looked kind of jarred. And I said, you know, what's going on? Is this class too difficult? And they just said it was just very difficult material. So, I mean... I think I have a sort of objective distance with it when I'm teaching it because you have to, to stay healthy. Um, but I think that the experience of actually witnessing or going and knowing the stories of Auschwitz and having worked with survivors that survive Auschwitz um, is going to be an incredible feeling. Um, I think the most important thing for me is to take the train. Um, you know, when you think of cattle cars and you think of days that it took um, yeah. juice to get there. I mean, for us, we're talking about like, oh, hours. it's two hours there and back. Um, but, you know, this is 2018. It's not 1944. Mm. Well, um, from there, we will be going to Berlin and... Uh, when you think about the this trip of memory, you know, of course Berlin is one of the most progressive cities in the world now, but it, at that time it was the central location for all Nazi activity. Um, I know that uh, it's important for the visitors to to go to Track 17 Grunwald. What is that? What's the significance of that? Um, you basically stand there and you just know that this is where they were being boarded up to go to their death. Um, it's a very significant place and I think it's important for us to retrace it. But in Berlin also we want to go there because we want to show the really vibrant life of Jews that existed. Mm -hmm. And we also want to talk about, and I think this is a very important point that I think Muslim women on the trip have to understand, 
is that Jews were in Germany for a thousand years. They were assimilated. Um, they had this kind of feeling that they were as German as anybody else. And all of a sudden they were demarcated. And I think that's what I want to really show and demonstrate of what happens to people um, because of an ideology that calls for people of different race or religion. Well, I think one of the most stark and interesting things about Berlin is the uh, monuments for the Holocaust. Um, many people have probably seen it. Uh, there are these concrete blocks ranging over a few acres. And I'm interested, you know, to learn about how they plan that out. It's a, it's a major undertaking just to, you know, as, a, as an artist thinking through how you would represent this kind of atrocity, especially in the, the center of, of planning for the Holocaust. It's, it's really interesting. But, um, you know, flipping to the to the present time, uh, Berlin is going to offer, I hope, a lot of great opportunities for interfaith discussion. Absolutely. I mean, Berlin is actually very interesting for Muslims right now because it's the one <coughs> city that has taken the most refugees, Syrian refugees. Um, there are different Muslims in the ground and Germans working to help Syrian refugees assimilate. Um, they're helping in all kinds of ways. There's a lot of interfaith conversations, not as progressive as we have in the United States, but it's still there. Um, I think that the Muslim women and the Jewish women on the trip must understand the new kind of face of the other in Europe, mm -hmm. although there is a rise of anti-Semitism as well in Europe, but in numbers, Muslims are, you know, much higher everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why Berlin is really important. But also Berlin is really important because it's the headquarters of the Nazi Party, and right. it's important because it's also talking about the East and West and communism, yes. and the sort of idea that Jews were Bolsheviks and they were communists and that they had to be destroyed. So there's a lot of really different layers that I want uh, the women to understand. And you know, these women are lay women and I am excited because I think that's the most important education. I think women are agents of information, um, not just in the world, but to their families, to their kids, um, like in a, in a way that is really important and strong today. So I'm very excited about this, um, weirdly enough. I will say I'm excited, but oh. it is about, you know, human stains in a right. sense. I mean, a key, a key piece of this now, the modern questions of atrocities is uh, Syria. And you've done some work with Syrian refugees. You've made some contacts. And what do you hope uh, the women will experience in terms of the Syrian question in Germany, in terms of refugees? Well, I think there's a couple of, I mean, there are multiple things going on, but I think the couple of glaring things that are going on is that Germany allowed so many Syrians to come in, and it was out of their goodness, but also out of their population issues and the lack of labor uh, force. But 
um, the Syrians are struggling with the the permission to work. Yeah. So it's going to create a lot of anxiety, crime, <laughs> to be honest, and restlessness amongst young people that are there. And also a lot of the Syrians that were let in into Berlin were very professional people. And I've learned some wonderful stories about them reaching out to local um, people in Berlin. I've learned about how um, the local Berliner is, you know, learning from Syrians and vice versa, but food and culture. And I think I think it's eventually going to be a good thing. I think the hard right everywhere in the world needs to realize that this is the world we live in. And um, it's kind of been like that for a while. It's yeah. just a new wave of anti-immigration everywhere, including the United States. So uh, I think an initiative that you're going to want to expose the, the women to is this Kutzberg initiative. Yes. You, you can give us a little bit of a background on that. Sure. The Kutzberg initiative is run by actually, I can't remember his name. I'm, s I'm sorry about Felix that. Felix Klein. No. The Felix Klein is the head of the education, yeah. of, of Jewish education. Um, he's actually a Turkish young man that I met in Jerusalem when I presented there and he runs it and he teaches he tries to teach about anti-semitism to Muslim immigrant groups mm -hmm. and it's amazing what he does but the last time I heard him speak he was so upset by the Islamophobia he says he doesn't know what to do mm. and I feel like I'm in his place too so I'm very excited about that and I'm also excited for them to maybe meet some students that I've worked with before in Berlin um, so I think I think all of these things, um, local people who live there and local Muslims and Jews and non-Jews and non-Muslims, I think will create the story for this wonderful trip. As we say, inshallah, uh, it's going to be a great trip for everyone and um, I'm kind of just being as a piece of the puzzle here in terms of logistics. so. Uh, as far as our audience is concerned, look for some great uh, podcasts to come from all the places in Europe I mentioned coming soon. Thank you. So thanks again and keep listening. <laughs>